You're watching KCMI-TV. Welcome to our Wednesday night podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And uh, we're going to be uh, reading tonight from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. So I want to just talk to you about, uh, probably more about the concept of of timing and sowing. And uh, in Isaiah 55, I'm going to read you several verses because there just seems to be a leading up to the verse that I want. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8, the Lord is speaking. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, say the Lord. Uh, let me just interject there for a moment. He's speaking uh, to us in the realm that we would be in the flesh. Because we know that in the New Testament, uh, the writer speaks, he says, for ye have the mind of Christ. So God's addressing the old man. Of course, in the Old Testament, we know that regeneration had not yet taken place because Jesus Christ had not yet died on the cross. But in the New Testament, we, if we're planted with him in the likeness of his death, we are also raised with him in the likeness of his resurrection. So you and I today have the possibility to have God's thoughts and walk in God's ways. You say, well, pastor, how is that possible? Because when we are in the spirit, the Bible says as many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. And so in the spirit realm, if we live in the realm of the spirit, God's ways are our ways, and his thoughts are our thoughts because our spirit man is in synchronization with God Almighty. And so uh, he's writing to men and women, and he's telling them, if you're in the realm of the natural mind, he says, my thoughts aren't going to be your thoughts, and my ways are not going to be your ways, says the Lord. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but it watereth the earth, and it makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So what he's saying in this verse, he says, when rain comes down and snow comes down out of heaven, sent by God, that it has purpose. And its purpose is to create an atmosphere in the earth so that the seed can germinate and begin to bring forth harvest that man can be able to eat of that harvest. So this is the verse that I want us to to dwell with tonight. Verse 11, Isaiah 55 so shall my word be. And he's really referencing back to to verse 10, as the rain and the snow fell and and brings forth bud and gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. He starts now in the next verse. He says, so is my word. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It, boy, I like this. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish 
that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing or the purpose. That really is talking about it shall prosper in the purpose whereto I sent it. And so I want to break this verse down because this has just really been turning over in my spirit. And the Lord starts out saying, my word, he said, that goeth forth out of my mouth uh, shall not, I may get this right, it shall not return unto me void. And here's the word void just simply means empty. And so um, actually the first time we read of the word void, it's in Genesis chapter 1, and it says, And the earth was void. It, it just seems it, it was empty. And so the Lord begins to speak here. He said, When a word goes out of my mouth, and we know in this day and age that God uses men, uh, sometimes in the spirit of prophecy, sometimes in the gift of tongues and interpretation, uh, it can be the word of knowledge, it can be the word of wisdom, uh, it can be uh, prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, or out of the mouth of the prophet. But God uses human beings. When Jesus was on the earth, he spoke. But the Bible says this, that you and I are now the body of Christ. And so God uses men in the earth to continue to speak to men. So he declares this, he says, when my word goes forth out of my mouth, it will not return unto me empty. And so what God's saying here is he says, I send my word. And he said, I send it to purpose, to accomplish something. And he says, that word will never return back to me. It'll never come back into heaven. And I look at it and it didn't accomplish what I sent it to. He said, but my word will not return unto me void. So two things. Number one, the word goes out of the mouth of God and he sends it into the earth. It stays in the earth until it fulfills its purpose and then it returns back to God. And so uh, there are several phrases in here that I, that I want to talk about. The Lord says that when I send my word, it won't come back to me empty. He says, but, or, and, and he says this, he says, it shall not return unto me void. He says, but it shall accomplish. The word accomplish here, and, and I'm going to give you the, the, the Hebrew definitions, it means this, it will execute and perform that which I please. The word I please means this, what I delight in or I take pleasure in. So God is saying, he said, I, I've sent my word and I, I truly believe this right now, that in the atmosphere and the earth, there are multiple words that have come out of the mouth of God that are swirling in the atmosphere, and they will not come back unto God until 
the word of the Lord is fulfilled. The Bible talks about not one jot or one tittle shall fall away until the word of God is fully accomplished. So the Lord says um, it will accomplish, it's going to execute and perform what I delight in or I take pleasure in. And he says, it shall prosper in the thing or in the purpose whereto I have sent it. Uh, there's a lot of us, you know, of course, we know that God has spoken some powerful things. Actually, we have, you know, Peter said we have a more sure word of prophecy, and that's the Bible. But uh, when God gets ready to really execute his purpose in the earth, he sends the word of the Lord out. And that's why God has raised up the office of the prophet. And so there are a lot of prophecies that have been released that you and I are yet waiting for God to fulfill. And I think I talked to you last week about um, the timing of God, or maybe a couple weeks ago, but the timing of God and the danger of trying to fit God's word into a certain segment of time. And God releases the word of the Lord, and there's a whole lot of things in the atmosphere right now that will not return back unto God until they come back with harvest or they come back with a fulfillment of what God has, has declared. The word always has to be fulfilled. You go back to Genesis. God sets his principle in order. He looks at the earth. It's void. It's empty. And then the Bible says that God begins to speak the word. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. And it says, and there was, and there was, and there was. See, and when that happened in the earth, it's no longer void. There is a release of the of the rhema word of God that has been sent from heaven in the atmosphere in the earth, not just in the United States, but it's in every continent. It's in other nations of where believers that are listening to me tonight are, are holding on to the word of the Lord. And so God says, not only will it execute and perform what I take delight in and I take pleasure in, he said, not only that, he said, it's going to prosper. You see, right now there's so many believers that feel like, well, God, maybe it's just not going to happen. Uh, we need to go back to this verse. Uh, I know this, and we all know this, that in every phase of life, in every vocation, there's always going to be an element of people in that vocation that uh, are not true to it or unclean, don't have good character. Same thing in the church realm. Uh, same thing with pastors. There's a lot of pastors that have brought a, a real um, shadow on, on the kingdom of God. And the same thing with, with people who claim to be prophets. There's false prophets out there. There were in Elijah's time. That was some of his greatest battle was with false prophets. But always remember this. If there is a true word of the Lord. And the Lord said, my word is not ever coming back into heaven until it is fulfilling what I sent it to do. And uh, the word prosper means this. It's going to advance. It's going to succeed. And it's going to be profitable. That's, a, that's an encouragement. Because right now, the word of the Lord that's been released, and, you know, I think of so many of us over the years that have preached the gospel uh, uh, and, and we just, let's just set prophecy aside. Let's just, because 
preaching the word is prophetic. And, uh, and there's some of you men that are listening to me that have preached longer than I have. I've preached for 50 years. And a lot of what we've preached is still in the atmosphere. There's a swirling. The atmosphere is pregnant, hallelujah, with the word of God. And see, when God sends his word, uh, we always feel like, well, there needs to be the right circumstances and uh, everything kind of needs to be lined up in the natural for the word of God to be fulfilled. Not so. If you go back to, um, I think it's in Luke chapter 1, uh, the Bible says this, that when God got ready, he is preparing. We know this, that Jesus was the word and the word was made man and the word was made flesh and, and dwelt among us. That's speaking of Jesus. And uh, I know I'm, I'm going to jump around here for a minute because something just came up in my spirit that I remember uh, thinking about in prayer. Uh, Jesus was seed. He was planted by the Father in the earth. And uh, I have to think that, uh, you know, the sowing process is a very painful thing. The Bible says that he that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed. In uh, and, and those seasons where we're planting seed, it's difficult. And um, there's not a lot of joy in it. We're weeping. But it says he shall doubtless come again with joy, bringing his sheaves with him. The Father so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. The Father planted Jesus in the earth. And I thought how painful it must have been because we don't know how many billions of years. Uh, Jesus said this before Abraham was, I am, that the Father and the Word and the Holy Spirit fellowship with each other in heaven. And now the Father looks over where the word has occupied for so much, so long, where he has fellowship with him and that place is empty. And it's only him and the Holy Spirit because the word has been planted in the earth. And, I, and I've often wondered, knowing the heart of our Father in heaven, what kind of pain did you feel when you planted that seed and you sent him into the earth but you said this, my word will not return unto me void, but it will succeed and prosper and be profitable in the purpose that I've sent it. And when Jesus, I, I can't imagine what it must have been like that after 33 and a half years and Jesus has come out of the grave, he's been in the earth for 40 days. And at the end of 40 days, he's standing on Mount Olive and he begins to lift up. You know what that was? That was the word returning unto the Father. Hallelujah. And when Jesus returned unto the Father, he returned in victory. He wasn't bleeding. He was returning in triumph. He was fulfilling this verse right here, that Jesus did not come back to the Father and say, I'm sorry, I failed. The purpose that you sent me to the earth for has not been realized. No, when Jesus came back, he came back in victory. And the Bible says this, the Lord looked at him and said, I give you a name that is above every name. That at your name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And even right now, the Bible says in Ephesians that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. Think about that, that, that segment of time that 
that the word was not in that place and the father would look at an empty spot. But today, hallelujah, he looks and he sees the word sitting there successful and profitable because Jesus has fulfilled that. And so we go back to Luke. We're talking about does there have to be optimum circumstances for the word of God to be fulfilled? It does not, not in the natural. My ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And right now, even in the political mess that we're in, a lot of believers are looking for some natural solution or, you know, the Supreme Court rule on something or different states go back and recount votes. Forget about all of that. God does his best work in the midst of the impossible. And when he is preparing the entrance of Jesus Christ into the earth. He said, I need somebody to go before the king and herald him. You know how many times in, in other cultures when the king is getting ready to come in, there would be a herald that would stand before he came through the door and say, the king is coming, or they would announce the entrance of the king. That happened in the scriptures. Who was it? John the Baptist. How did John come into the earth as the one who is preparing the way for the word of God. The Bible says this, that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to his daddy and Elizabeth. And he said, Elizabeth has a barren womb. She's known you in the sense of, having, of trying to have children, but nothing has never worked. He said, but now I'm sending my word and God moved on a barren womb that had failed for years to produce a child. And just like that, God releases the word. It accomplishes what he wants it to accomplish. And into the atmosphere comes John the Baptist. And Jesus said this, there has never been a greater prophet than John the Baptist. What was that? When God wants to send his word, it doesn't matter if it's a barren womb. It doesn't matter if the doctor says you have stage four cancer. It doesn't matter if you're going to get divorced. It doesn't matter if your children are caught up in homosexuality. Listen, release the word of the Lord. You got to prophesy over your situations because God says that whatever you declare, he said, you decree a thing and I'll make it happen. And even after that, he went from a barren womb to even a greater impossibility. And he comes to a young teenage girl and he says, you're going to bring forth a baby. And Mary said, how can that be? I've never known a man. But think about it. Elizabeth had known a man. She couldn't produce a child until God said yes. Mary says, well, I've never known a man. Doesn't matter if you know a man or you don't know a man. God said, that's not the issue. He said, if I want to send my word, it's going to happen. And the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and the seed of God, the word of the Lord, Remember, Jesus is the word. The Father sent the word into the womb of Mary, bypassed man completely. And what God is going to do in this hour, he is going to bypass Supreme Court. He's going to bypass Congress. He's going to bypass the natural means that we think God needs. And he's just simply going to say, I'm sent my word. There's a swirl in the atmosphere. It's pregnant with a heavy word of God. And God is saying, now get ready because there's something coming forth.
in Psalms 120 or 107.20, I love this verse. It says, he sent his word and healed them. You know what's happened? Long before any of this happened, God had already released a prophetic word through different prophets about this time. And it's going to be fulfilled. Once God releases the prophetic into the atmosphere, it can't come back to him unfulfilled. It has to be fulfilled. And so I want to end just with a couple of other verses. Um, in fact, let me, let, let me go back to this. When God sent the word into Mary's womb, all right, the Bible says that then circumstances that caused them to come to Bethlehem uh, because of their tribe to pay taxes, and it's in Bethlehem because prophecy has to be fulfilled. It is in Bethlehem that Mary is. In that time, the Bible says that Mary goes into labor because it's time for the word of the Lord to be delivered. Normally, uh, they would have been in a nice room, a guest chamber, an inn. There was, the Bible says this, there was no room in the inn. Now, I, I want to go back and remember the definition. When the Lord says, my word will not return unto me void, but it will prosper. And the word prosper, one of its meanings is to succeed. And we think, well, Lord, um, Scripture says that Jesus was born in a manger because there was no room in the inn. That was God orchestrated because... This is what the word end means. This is why Jesus couldn't be in the end because it literally means in the Hebrew to destroy, to demolish, to deprive of success. So he's born in a manger. The word manger means a place to eat. Did not the Lord say my word, I am the bread of life. He who eats and, and drinks my blood shall live and so God even then was orchestrating. He said, I'm not going to let my word be somewhere, be birthed somewhere where it's going to be deprived of success. But he said, I'm going to put it in a place where it will prosper. So uh, when I was studying on this in Isaiah 55, um, I want to just go back to two chapters. I want to touch on Isaiah 53. And I want to touch on Isaiah 54 leading up to 55. And I think that, that you will like this. Isaiah 53 and 10, it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. This is speaking of the Father. and We've already talked some about it. It must have been difficult. It pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus. He hath put him to grief. And when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, it says, then Jesus shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days. Remember um, when it says, uh, it, will, it will succeed in what I please in Isaiah 55. And the word please means to take pleasure in. In this verse, it says, He shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord. I love this. Shall prosper 
in his hand. And so God is saying this, that even in that season when Jesus was in grief and his soul had been made an offering for sin, that after that, he prolonged his days. He gets to see his seed and what he's doing is prospering in his hand. Now, I want to I want to take you to chapter 54, and, and we'll end there tonight. Isaiah 54 and 17, and I love this verse. It says, No weapon that is formed against you. And boy, we've seen that. Right now, many of us feel like that hell has went into a full-time, 24-hour-a-day factory of manufacturing weapons of war against you and I. God never said that the weapons wouldn't be formed. But here's just what he said. He said, no weapon that is formed against you or specifically targeting you shall prosper, shall be profitable for the enemy, shall succeed, and it won't advance his kingdom. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue, one of the meanings for tongue is every language that shall rise against you in judgment or accusation, he said, you are going to condemn. Why? He said, because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness of me, says the Lord. He says, no weapon shall prosper. He speaks to us. He, first of all, he said, my word is going to prosper. And then he said, what's in the hand of Jesus is going to prosper. But sandwiched in between that, he said, but by the way, the weapons that hell forms aren't going to prosper. They're not going to succeed. And so don't let the enemy get you in a mindset to where you feel hopeless. You think it's just not going to happen for me because if God can make a barren womb prosper, and he can take a virgin womb that's never known a man and bring out of it the glory of God. Don't you think the Lord can speak into your life? Right now, there are many of you that you don't realize it, but in the atmosphere of your life, there is a word that has been sent from God and it's swirling around you. And God said, I ain't bringing it back until it is profitable, it performs and executes what I sent it to. I want to encourage you, prepare yourself for victory and not defeat. And you will condemn your mouth. The word of the Lord that's in you shall condemn every language, every tongue that has risen up against you in judgment and has pointed a finger and judged you and declared something that is not true. God said, no matter, let them rage because it won't prosper. He said, my word will prosper. So I pray this has been an encouragement to you tonight. Hold on to the word of the Lord. We're in a great season. 
And God is doing amazing things. I love you till I see you again. Be strong in the Lord and may the face of God shine upon you. For more information about Kent Christmas Ministries in